This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, this is my wet dream of a podcast, my friend. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the We Didn't Sign Emmy Buendia podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my coffery, spluttery friend, uh, Brandon Autumns. Brandon Adams. We're back. Welcome back We're to back, the different podcast. We had a little hiatus. I went on holiday. I managed to get ill on an island with 50 people on it where everyone is sanitizing and wearing masks uh, and every activity is outside. So that's good. And Brad's got hay fever. So Yeah, I haven't taken an antihistamine and my face has decided to explode, basically. Oh, <laughs> So enjoy that. Good How you doing, man? It's been a while. Yeah. No. I'm good, thanks. What about you? You all good? Apart from the illness, I am pretty good, Brad. I'm pretty good. I'm that's enjoying good, watching good, the good. um the meltdowns of various people, yourself included, actually, Brad. You've 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 had you were pretty angry couple. the other day. <laughs> I've had a couple. I've had a oh, yeah. It's it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Um, those meltdowns have just melted into silent worries now, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think understandable. I mean, we're, we're going to come on to uh, certain things, certain things in the podcast. But I think we should kind of discuss because it is sort of on on the uh, on the mind. We're on. We're recording this on the eve of uh, the transfer window opening. What we're going to do is we're going to do a little look ahead to the transfer window. Um, kind of set out some minimum expectations. Have a look at what we think we should be doing. Dream signing, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a good time to kind of assess what we as fans expect what we as watchers of football would want to see next season what we've what we've missed and yes brad we do get to do some squad building so this is going to be this is my wet dream of a podcast he's been trying to do this all year finally we're at the squad building um but yeah no i think let's let's briefly touch on the on the wendia thing we had a slight disagreement about it. Well, well, technically, it was more about sort of uh, Edu and 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 that sort of stuff. Um, and I do think it's an yeah. interesting conversation. I think it's. 
I've seen a lot of talk about uh, um, uh, on both sides of this. It seems to be quite wrong. Like we've seen and I've seen people saying, well, because the club haven't overtly said, you know, that they're interested in Emi Buendia or that they've been on Emi Buendia, that it's obviously, you know, I can't remember exactly how they phrased it, but in, in essence that, oh, you know, I, we, I should be really angry about Arsenal not signing a player that they haven't even said they're interested in. And I'm like... Listen, if nearly every respectable journal is reporting that we bid 30 million, the likelihood is we bid 30 million. Um, but then you come onto a conversation of um, target versus price, you know, because mm. I've also seen reports that while the initial fee from Villa is 33 million pounds, add-ons could take it uh, pushing over kind of like 40 to 45 with things like them having to pay the Getafe sell-on clause. I've seen that reported. Um, they also, there is also a sell-on clause in the in the contract for Villa. So if Villa sell him or when they sell yeah. him, they'll have to give some of the fee to Norwich. Hmm. So I think it is that idea of kind of target versus price and how much do you want a player and how much are you going to let a club kind of bend you over for that player, especially hmm. when, you know, players like Hussam Alwar are apparently going to be available this summer for upwards of 25 million pounds or 27 million euros. Um, I think... The one thing that Buen- the Buendia situation, the one thing that you want going into the start of a transfer window is something positive. Like you want to snap up a signing. Yeah. You want to be, I like, I love what Liverpool have done. They noticed that they had an issue with some of their centre-backs and they've noticed that they need a bit more quality. All, all of the centre-backs. <laughs> well, but, they, but as in, even then, they're, they're kind of secondary centre-backs. They've noticed that they need an option with a bit more quality. So they've gone and they've snapped someone up and they've confirmed it before the window started so they can move in positively. But with us, it seems that there's already a lot of negativity and panic around yeah. it, which I, I, for me isn't a good look. I would have liked us, for example, to have gone out there, and it didn't even have to be Buendia, to just have gone out there and signed a... Um, a Basuma for for you know who is apparently available for like thirty million pounds and mm. is somebody that we're apparently interested in in kind mm. of doing a deal for. So if we'd have just gone out there and done that deal, had that deal done on day one, then it can't because we we are so historically bad at transfer windows. I think a deal like that would have put a lot of Arsenal fans all like already nervous feelings at rest. Yeah, um, but. It, obviously it was not to be and, and that hasn't happened and so we're starting off in a slightly more negative place but um, after kind of a few days of reflection uh, I don't think it's as a, it's it's as bad a look as it, as it once was I obviously don't think it's good that the, the kind of once perception is that 48 hours ago <laughs> yeah no, but but I, I, quickly, I obviously yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and I obviously think that it's like with new information comes new thoughts and new opinions yeah. but I don't think it's a good look that it seems that Villa have outbid us and I do that no. in inverted commas but I, then it comes to the conversation of did we want to pay upwards of add-ons of 40 something million pounds for yeah. a championship player and now this is not to rag on the championship sorry I'm going on a massive spiel about it but this brings me on to a point that I wanted to tell you. For example, like there's been a lot of chat about buying championship players and not wanting to buy championship quality. The championship is one, two, three, four, five, is the sixth highest league when it comes to number of players going to the Euros this season. You have the Premier League, the Bundesliga, Syria, La Liga, French and league. then 
Liga. No, no, no. They're, they're below the French league. It's it's a different league. <sighs> wow. I just can't read it. I can't read it because it's cut off. So, for example, the championship has more more players going to the Euros than the French league, than the Super League, than the Eredivisie. Um, That's incredible. Than than lots of leagues. So there's there's a hell of a lot of quality in the championship, mm. but paying kind of upwards of forty five million pounds for a player whose kind of chances created statistic can also be skewed by set pieces. I would be wary of doing that when certain other players might be available for the same price who seem to have a a, yeah. a better ceiling and a and a kind of better scope. Yeah. If it was thirty million pounds and Villa were only paying thirty million pounds, then you'd be pissed. But it, it's not. I think th- there's a couple of things I want to come back on there. F- firstly, just to come back to what you said about Arsenal, the problem is 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 d- does perception or, or do, does do you know wh- how much does fan anger or fan happiness matter if by the end of the window we've signed the players that we need to sign? Mm-hmm. The thing is is. As you say, it's it's a better look for a Liverpool to go in and do that Canase thing. Well done and congratulations to them. But they have the resources, they have the the clout to do that, they have the pull to do that. And I, I think we're in a different position. I wish that Arsenal were a sort of club that could go out and on the 1st of June just get things done. But we're not that sort of club. Also, we don't know. And, you know, supposedly the whispers I'm hearing is that we're trying to do things a little bit quieter this summer. Lots of things have changed in terms of the executive setup. So I think mm. sort of lines of communication have changed and, and sort of where people get their information from will have changed to sort of to ITKs and journos and all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I my, my sort of counter argument to that would be as long as we get everything done by the oh, end of, of the window, I sort of, I sort of don't mind. On Buendia. I think it's more to, I think it's just more to give, sorry to, to cut in, but I think it's just more to give, I think it, it's almost, it is lip service to the fans and how much does a club really need to pay lip service to its fans if by the end yeah. of the window it's sorted, but if, it would be example, nice to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if, for example, we are interested and in, say we do sign Basuma for 30 million pounds, the fact that that was not done on July the f- June the first or June the ninth just makes me go. Well, if we were interested, we had the cash reserves, and that was something we were planning on doing. Why didn't we have that ready so that we could move in more positively? But there are a lot of caveats to that. You know, yeah. I think one of the reasons that we triggered the party clause so late was we didn't want to show Leon that we had so much money kicking around when it came to our negotiations for Awa last summer. But then obviously that kind of that move collapsed and never materialized. So we then got party in. Yeah, I I, and and that's an interesting point, which I'll come back to in a moment. Just 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 to kind of say my piece on Buendia, I think it would have been a fantastic addition. Mm -hmm. My suspicion is that if we really wanted him, we would have got him. Absolutely. Uh, uh, What what we're hearing is that Erdogan is the first choice and that sort of stuff. My main thing, really, and I think a good thing to preface this whole transfer thing, is, I, I don't know how anyone else views it, but I think the transfer window to me feels very much like, and, and a lot of actually following a football club is kind of guesswork. And so mm. much is basically who you believe, what you've read. So, for example, when you were speaking earlier on, there was a few bits of information that I've heard. I've heard different things. I've heard different prices quoted for Awa. I've seen different things uh, said um about Buendia and what and how that deal was structured and all sorts of stuff, right? The the thing is, neither me or you or anyone really listening to this, unless you no. are literally Edu, <laughs> um, 
is going to be able to tell or us whether that's the truth. Wendy as agent. Yeah, exactly. Like- exactly. So basically, we are all working off complete guesswork. And that's why I think my kind of transfer... I see a lot of people getting very, very wound up about the transfer window. And I completely actually understand it because this is our opportunity to, you see the impact of players. This is the the biggest possible way to move yourself up the table to get closer to trophies. It is potentially the most important thing for a football club is, is the recruitment of the players, right? And that's a hundred percent. And it's exciting. And it's, and it's, you know, when a player chooses your club, I remember that day that Ozil signed, it was just amazing. It was incredible. Like what a day. Yeah. But I think the the problem is, is we spend a lot of time using information that hasn't been verified. What we can do is we can go, right, empirically, I can see whether Lacazette is running and trying for the team. I can see how many goals we've scored from midfield. I can notice the lack of athleticism in our back line, whatever that is, because that's empirical, that's evidence. But the way we discuss transfer windows, I think it's always key to remember that the the information that we're basing our all of our judgment on could not be true and that's not to kind of shit on it and that's not to go like oh and therefore fucking don't you know uh, ignore all of it and it's all bollocks because i think that's reductive and i think that's stupid and i think it's about finding sources that you believe in but i think just to preface this whole thing and i think to kind of remind myself as much as to remind anyone else i think it's always really important in a transfer window to just go all of this information may be true but it just as may not be like it just is likely might not be true and that's the thing and that's why i you know you see kind of conversations about you know well why didn't we why didn't we pay the extra three million for buendia we're we're such a dusted club that may that may well be true but let me tell you i'm much more interested in saying we're a dusted club because we let willian play more minutes than reese nelson last year because that is empirical evidence we can see that that yeah that i understand i'm going there but if you're basing it off some random twitter account or some BBC sport gossip column. I just think, uh, whatever. So yeah, that's that's the preface it. Uh, but we mm. are gargantuan. We are huge and we are signing Basuma, Neves, Party. And here's the thing, right? And all of them. Look. So we've signed Party. There are, there are certain things about that. You know, we joke about being a gargantuan club. Like we are, we are one of the biggest, like we're the third most successful club in the country. Do I have worries that with a novice manager and two seasons in a row finishing eighth, the pull of Arsenal won't be as great as certain other places of course but we have to be smart about who we're buying anyway and if I'm not saying we can't challenge because for you know we signed party one of you know who is and was in his Atletico Madrid days you know a world-class central midfield player it's 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 a worrying sign, but we are yet to see whether that... I think we're all... And I, I am guilty of this, and I still am worried about a lot of things when it comes to this transfer window. But Understand we, have to, we have to ride it out, because at the end of the day, if we... And I, I, we had a massive conversation about Edu, and I said that I, I doubt his... Or I'm worried about the fact that I've not yet seen, to me, a deal that has tested his abilities to the limit when it comes to negotiating a transfer fee or things like that. Because obviously it's a release clause on two loan deals. But if we sacked our technical director the day before the transfer window opened and brought in, say, Luis Campos, in the long term, would that be a good move? Yes, 
Luis, Com- Luis Campos has a proven track record of being able to buy and sell at ridiculous margins. And Arsenal have been horrifically bad at selling players in recent years. More than buying them, it's the selling that's the issue. We're not generating enough income from our players. But that would fuck our entire summer because you'd have somebody coming in who doesn't know the network of the club would probably want to revamp things with a day before the window opens. This window, we give, we have to give to the structure. And if it doesn't work and we don't get who we want and it turns out that Edu couldn't negotiate a buy one, get one free, even though he's in Poundland, like, <laughs> then obviously we have to kind of notice the issues, move on, move quickly. Poundland in that analogy do... being the French League. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But if we do kind of see a lot of positive green shoots and, you know, if we do end up come the end of the summer signing Basuma, Alwa, Chelik from Lille, because we've been linked to him and Anana for like £7 million, you would have to look at all four of those deals and go, they are exactly in positions that we need, the profiles of player that we need and good signings. Yep. So whilst I am still worried about this transfer window going forward, there's a lot of history to my worries. There's not a lot of current evidence to my worries. As in, I'm worried because we've historically been shit. Let's just hope that this summer proves to be a a difference. That is what drives all Arsenal fans. Hope. And we don't just sign fucking Petr Cech again. And that's (laughs) it. Wouldn't put it past us. (laughs) Wouldn't put it past us. Just before we jump into the main bit of the pod, Brad, can you talk about the fact that we've got a different knock mascot, which I love? We okay, we do. Um, so my mother uh, <laughs> decided. I think maybe Shout because out, she Carrie. wanted to start. Yeah, I think she wanted to start a TikTok for the dog anyway. But we now have uh, a diff knock mascot, and it's the uh, underscore diff underscore Drexy D R E X Y on TikTok. Um, go give it a look. Uh, my mum will love it if you like the video. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's got more it's got more uploads than our TikTok, Brad. So yeah. it absolutely uh, <laughs> has. She's smashing it. She's smashing it. <laughs> right, let's get into it. What do we need? What do we need, and why do we need it? Um, I am, of course, talking about football players, not emotional support. Some emotional support which we may need by the end through of this the transfer summer. window <laughs> um okay well let's let's sort of work forward through the team i think we may be in need of a goalkeeper yes uh depending on what happens with burned leno what's your thoughts on the goalkeeping position andre nan has been sort of mentioned I was sort of dreaming that we'd we'd put in a bid for Donnarumma, but it looks like he's going to PSG. I mean, that would have, apparently we were dream, interested, but, but um, P- like dream, it's but, like what P- it's absolutely what PSG have done with um, with Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum was set to go to Barca, and PSG just went to his agent and went, "We'll double the money that they're offering you," and so he's yeah. going to PSG. Yeah. So, like, they, unfortunately, when a club is run by a country, they've got such financial clout that you can't really compete. And that yeah. that would be if even if we're winning Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues, you know, he's moving from a club that's won a Champions League and a Premier League in the last what three four years to a club that's you know in a dusty old league that realistically, if you don't win the Champions League, you're you're not going to get much credit for your achievements. Mm. Um, 
But the goalkeeping position is a concern. Um, I've always been of the opinion that once a player reaches two years left on their deal, mm. you either sell them or you sign them up to a new deal because it's just asset management. Um, and Bern Leno has come to that point. He's got two years left on his deal and there seems to be zero talk of, of a renewal. Um, there's been a few rumours flying about that Matt Ryan um, is coming in on a free transfer, but then I've also seen those rumours quelled and quashed a little. Um, for me, the, the goalkeeping position is, needs improvement, mainly from a style of play standpoint. I think Bern Leno is a fine goalkeeper. He's a fine kind of what I would call a bottom level Champions League club goalkeeper kind of your team's finishing fourth and getting yep. into the Champions League. But only when he's I being played... <laughs> oh, no, of course. But as in, like, yeah, only he's, when he's yeah. being played uh, to a certain style. And uh, Arsenal are not playing that style anymore. Uh, so it is of my opinion that if we could, for example, we've been linked for a £7 million move for Andre Onana, who would be banned until February, I think. Um, depending on the outcome unless of the his cast. cast hearing yeah. yeah depending on the outcome of the cast uh i think if for example we sold leno this summer and brought in andre onana for seven million pounds and matt ryan in i think that would be good moves um i think it's yeah. good that we're already looking at a keeper that plays more to arsenal's style of play yeah andre onana i've had a look yeah. uh at him sort of on you know, YouTube FB scouting kind of thing and FB ref and all that sort of stuff. And he, he profiles really, really well. Um, <coughs> I think it's a really good, uh, there we are. Um, it's a really good business deal. And I think like something that mm -hmm. Arsenal, as we've said many, many times, we're, we're not particularly smart in the market. And this, this feels like a really smart. And again, you know, we have yep. to look for positives. And I think this is something, you know, in the same way that the Odegaard and the Matt Ryan deals felt like advantages of opportunities that we could take, you know, that there's something there for us. I think this is something that, that we can, we can turn in our favor, you know, Anana overall uh, looks really good and his kicking is really, really good. Mm -hmm. He favors his right, but can use his left. Um, I'm on his FB ref here. His passes attempted are in the 99th percentile for keepers, 91 percentile for throws, um, passes completed is in the 87th percentile, uh, Corner kick goals against, he's in the 99th percentile. Um, he's he's a save percentage as well, 96 percentile. Saves, 95 percentile. Really good kind of transferable things as well, not just, you know, kicking mm -hmm. and, and passing and stuff. His save percentage is really good. Um, he's playing in a league where obviously Ajax dominate the ball and dominate the league, you know, largely. The I, teams. I they won, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't won many Eredivisies recently. But the... He he looks really really good. Looks commanding. Looks controlling. He's six foot three, which is useful. He's twenty five. I think for seven million euros to bring in someone who is so comfortable with his feet, and what he does is he breaks that first line of press so well, um, constantly playing the ball into midfield. And if we have some robust midfielders, if we have a party, if we have a, a Neves, which we'll come on to, someone who can hold almost hold the ball in midfield, someone who's got a bit of of strength and power, fullbacks pulling away, depending on what formation um, the opposition team are pressing in, we can break that first line, which we really struggle with. And you see Leno struggling. Um, you see, I get images of like down in that right-hand side corner with Rob Holding and Bernd Leno and just feeling very claustrophobic and unsure of how we're going to get out of this situation. 
and oftentimes it just goes long. But Anana, if Leno's going, I, I wouldn't put it at the top of my list. Um, but I think it, it, this could be a really, really smart move. If, for, let's say, for example, we said, okay, Burned, we're going to sell you next summer in a slightly easier market maybe to sell. We'll get Anana in. He'll train with us, hopefully, if he's allowed, um, depending on the case of his um, the, the his hearing. I wouldn't hate it if it was if it was Leno and someone else. You know, maybe maybe you let one of the youth goalkeepers in, but I'd probably take another you know experienced goalkeeper on a on a loan just to ensure you know you never know what's going to happen. It depends if I it's think Ryan, it's, isn't it? As well, like if we do yeah, get Matt Ryan, Ryan in as well. So you're talking about maybe I would also be. I don't know about you. Sorry to cut you off, mate. Um, I'd be comfortable with, um, and this this may sound a bit mental of me. But say, for example, the ban for Onana sticks till February and um, we sell Leno in the summer, but get Ryan and Onana in, as long as we got like a third choice goalkeeper with some kind of experience in to play second fiddle while Onana's out, I would be fine playing Matt Ryan until February. He's fine. And and sometimes that's just what you got to do. And you look at our defensive statistics and kind of, you know, we are, we have been quite defensively solid. Our main issues last season was the fact that kind of pre the, the Chelsea game, we were playing horrendously, like just awful, awful. So that isn't a true representation of what we could have been. And then also, post that, we were just shooting ourselves in the foot. With Like, you can't expect a defence or a goalkeeper to bail out a Granite Xhaka kicking it into Chris Wood or mm. the stupid red card against Wolves and, and, and moments like that. So and both of those players are leaving the club. No, it, exactly, exactly. And it's, it's it, you know, and, but even then, you can't, you can't, um, I mean, you can kind of prepare for that in not having those players at the club, but... You also can't prepare that at any point, you know, Granite Xhaka, especially this season, has been his best season in an Arsenal shirt. So for me, with how decent, weirdly, our defence was looking come the end of the season with kind of shots against, goals conceded, we had like the third best defence in the league over the course of the season. I wouldn't mind having our second choice goalkeeper play first choice until February. And bring Onana in because that means that we could sell Burn Leno at a higher premium this summer with two years left on his deal or even for the same money. Because I think if you're selling Burn Leno for 20 million next summer with a year left on his contract, you're probably just going to be looking for the same amount as well. I just think it would be good to make, for example, what would constitute good business in this area for me is selling Leno for the money that we paid for him and the price of Andre Anana on top. So if we paid 20 million and we're paying 7 million for Anana, selling him for 27 million. So we get our money back and we get the new player in for basically nothing. I'm not sure we would, would be able to do that. Um, sorry, who's the goalkeeper you just said again? Anana. What's my name? Uh, so- I knew that was coming. <laughs> I fucking knew it, you bastard. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure we'd get that much for Leno. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's an interesting one. I... I I don't really have many other people on my radar other than Anana. I think someone from of that ilk who can who is comfortable with their feet is is just crucial. But to be honest, it's not the goalkeeper Ariola because obviously Ariola's oh, PSG, but been just just been as in maybe he's one we get loaned in for, yeah, for a year. The, it, it all just depends, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we'll see what happens with Leno. Um, okay, centre back. There's a lot of talk about Tapsoba. There's a, some talk about Jules Kunde, who we are 
absolutely not getting. Um, no. I can't help but have a conversation about centre-backs and immediately think about what it means for Saliba. Two years ago, we signed this guy. He's played really well in France, by all accounts. He got into the defenders defenders of the season, essentially, for League One. Um I don't get it. And I, I I don't listen, maybe Arteta doesn't fancy him. I he probably, just, does, he probably I, doesn't, he's got a wife. But like I, maybe he just doesn't That's the, like the sixth time you've made this joke <laughs> on this podcast. I, it hasn't happened for a while though. Um but New listeners won't remember. Yeah. OGs are over. Um but yeah, I, I just there's a part of me that just I think it whenever depends, we talk about it, it well, well, whenever we talk about it, I just because think what, what does that mean for Saliba? And I think it also what does it mean for Rob Holding? I think that's another conversation less, to less have. Concerning what for is, me, but. No, but is it? Yeah, but this is what I mean. I think because of again because of the negativity around things that have happened with Saliba in the past, um, we automatically see ourselves linked to a new centre back, and we go, oh well, what's going on with Saliba? Whereas realistic, I think the view could be taken is what's going on with Rob Holding. I think that is more likely to be yeah. or end up being the kind of question. Um, hopefully, anyway, there there was talk kind of popping out that Saliba might, um, that there might be a move to loan him to Newcastle, which I think would be fucking stupid because we should, if we are going to loan him out again, we should look to loan him to a team with a similar style of play, even if that's in a, a lesser league purely because it's better to be playing in the same style of play and getting used to that. than It's like the whole Joe Willock conundrum again. You know, he's looking good because he's in a different system. Uh, I think it would be fucking moronic to get rid of him, but I do think getting in another right-sided centre-back would be a good idea. But I think that, for me, that would be more to replace Rob Holding. Um, mm. Tap Sober, I like the look of, from kind of mild scouting on YouTube and moments on, like, FB Ref. Uh, jo- uh, um, a thing to note is John Stones has only got a year left on his contract at City and hasn't signed um, a deal mm. yet. And obviously, you'd have to pay him a fair amount of money, but that to might be an interesting move. <laughs> John, yeah, here's, basically. here's 200 grand. Will you speak to us? <laughs> yeah, will you please chat to us? Uh, but I, th- I th- it's it's difficult, isn't it? Hope I want to see Saliba integrated next season, and I think that it would give me massive worries about the um, the hierarchy of the club, like the the kind of upper levels of the club. If this kid is not, because then what we're doing is we're just burning thirty million pounds. Yeah. Like we're basically just setting fire to a pile of money because he is brilliant and he is highly rated and that you know there's been talk of Zidane looking at him during his time at, uh, at um, Nice so if obviously Zidane's not at Madrid anymore but if Zinedine Zidane is looking at you and he's at one of the biggest clubs in the world with enough money to pay for anyone then he should be integrated into our squad pretty quickly but uh we, this is another one. We'll have to wait and see. I think it's smart moving in for another centre-back, but as long as it's to take Rob Holding's place and not Saliba's. I think Saliba is a victim of Arteta's move to manager. If he's still head coach, I think Edu is able to just say, look, we've paid 30 million for this guy. 
you may not fancy him. You may not think he's he's what you want long term. That's fine. But we have bigger problems than than William Saliba. We we have much bigger problems. We have a real dearth of quality all over the pitch. And frankly, you can get through a season or even two with Saliba holding Chambers, Gabriel Mari. Like, I don't think centre-back is, you know, listen, in, no. the, in the same way that you could basically make a case for every position on the on the pitch to be strengthened because we need to Centre-back is not one of the ones it's, that I would be rushing to. No, and we have someone who... I worry, right? So if Altes doesn't doesn't think he's 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 great, that's fine. But I worry that a nineteen year old, twenty year old now, maybe he is. I don't know. But he's, remember, he is only sorry. Um, if you don't think you can coach someone to at least get close to what you're after at nineteen, concerns me. I, I just think there's something else going on, and I I always say this, but I I think it'll probably have to come out in someone's autobiography in twenty years' time. But I I I'd love to know the story of what's happened for the last two years of William Saliba. Is is it just a vehement detestment from Arteta of of Saliba? Which is stupid but, because which is he's cutting his nose off to spite his face. Exactly. And and, hopefully and, and, you would you would see him as a more intelligent man than to do that. And and he's a young centre back and, and if you do, and he's supposedly desperate to play for Arsenal. If you don't think you can in some way integrate him and keep his value up at least. Like what I I just I don't understand how we, we're in this position with such a highly rated guy. I I sort of get it. If Arteta's like he just doesn't fit my style, I don't see how. Maybe but he, he wants does. To. Well, he does. That's, he that's does. my that's my opinion. But you know, for example, if we could get into his head, maybe he said he could say he could show us. Look, you know, this. We, I don't want two ball playing ball playing centre backs. Whatever it is, I don't know. Maybe but he, he was playing two ball playing centre backs and Gabriel and Louise, and that's no, when mate, we were at our best. I, I agree, but I'm what I'm saying mate. is we 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 can't yeah. know what Arteta thinks, but. Regardless, it's just not the first thing that I think about. And to spend course, 50, 60 million pounds on another 23, 22 year old. Who right were also back. ball playing centre backs. Yeah, like, exactly. Jules so. Kunde is a ball playing centre back. The same yeah. with Taps Over. Both again, of them are technically proficient who you want to be distributing out from the back. So I don't yeah. think it's a question of, of style. If he does go, for me, it's a question of personalities, which is where I think Arteta does fail as a manager a fair amount of the time is the fact that sometimes I feel his own ego can get in the way of things. We saw that with William playing 25 out of, or starting, I think, 25 out of 38 Premier League games this season over Reese Nelson, and then he didn't loan Reese Nelson out in January. And we, we apparently, you know, um, January, for example, is the prime market for strikers, especially for struggling clubs, because they go out and they go, I need to add some goals to ensure survival. And apparently West Ham in January were interested in Eddie Nketiah to the tune of about kind of 15 to 20 million pounds. And you go, he has played something like 60 minutes since January. Why the fuck didn't we sell him? What was the, what was the point yeah. in keeping him? And it's things like this that, that, that I, that I, I've, I, I still maintain doubts about Arteta for a couple of reasons because the one of the reasons that I've always said at, at bad points that I think he should go has never been because I don't believe in his potential is more because I don't want him to ruin relationships with very talented players in the club, sell them off for him to get sacked six months later and we have to buy the same profile of player in again. 
understand that. I, I think there's probably something, a more macro conversation around Arteta and him liking fighters and people who, you know, want to get into the first team and liking that kind of energy. But at some point you have to manage and you have to go, well, what's, what's more healthy? Me having this extra player to boost the environment or what's better for this guy is to go out on loan. Um, yeah, just to finish up on centre-backs, I, 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 I'll I, be honest, I can't see us signing a centre-back, to we be honest. We absolutely I shouldn't. Don't think it would should. be, especially with the limited finances of dropping out of Europe, and we know the Cronkies aren't going to invest a, a heavy amount of money. Like, we should not be wasting a large chunk of it, because, you know, there's talk of Tapsova and, and Kunde, but both of them would be to the tune of £50 million, if not more. Yep. So there, there are more pressing... We, we would improve more by buying a, uh, two central midfielders and a creative midfielder for £50 million and just getting decent deals here and there for just random players than we would spending that £50 million on a centre-back. Yeah, I agree. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. It really, really doesn't. That is not a place that... Next season, maybe, but I think that's because we would have to see this season whether Saliba can cut it. We, would, we do. Yeah. We Arteta chance, has no surely. choice. Arteta has no choice. And if he doesn't, that is another nail being put into his coffin, being built. Because if, if he doesn't give him a chance and we have another poor season, especially with only one game, one game a week, minimum expectation next season has got to be top four. With one game a week, if we invest well, you know, and we give him the chance. Yeah, the minimum expectation has to be kind of pushing that top four level. Yeah. And if he if he sells or loans Saliba out, and then we have another season where we're sixth, seventh, or eighth, like it, it gets to a really untenable position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fullback. I think we're looking at signing a first choice right back and probably a backup left back. Yeah. Um, those are. I, I'd love us. I think those those sit pretty high on my list. I think. Backup left back sits, sits quite highly on my list just because it feels like it's quite a simple thing to do. Like I, I, I don't yeah. see how you can't sign a Buchanan from Derby or a Josh Doig or someone like that or an Aaron Hickey. I, I don't know if he's available, but someone young, ideally Scottish, ideally if, if Kieran Tierney's got a younger brother, that'd be ideal. You know, just, just someone. It feels simple. Worst comes to worst, if we have to have Kalasanach play 10 games next season, it's not the worst thing in the world considering, you know, if we're not going to get, if we're not going to be able to sell him, like, I, th- I think it might be, it might be a situation where if we can shift Kalasanac, then we go out and get a, a backup left back. Yep. But if we can't, like, just it will just him, have to be what it is. Let him it ride just out have to be what year. it is because, yeah, you let him ride out that last year of his contract and then you move for somebody next summer. Yeah. I agree with you. And Kalasnach doesn't call... fit our style. He's not the right player, but we know that. He knows that. Arteta knows that. It's just you've got to have somebody who's he's a left, there left just footer, in case. And he's fine. He's there just in yeah. case. And also, I think one of the one of the issues with Kalasnach has always been he's been around absolute calamitous central defenders. You think Kalasnach's time at the club, it's in, intermittent, like, intrinsically linked to Mustafi yeah, and you know Rob Holding when he was playing like he had three brain cells and like (laughs) things like that do you know what I mean like I think somebody for a player who the season we we signed him the season before that was in the Bundesliga team of the season and we signed him on a free transfer yes he's on big wages it is a stylistic thing if he had if he had (laughs) If he had stronger um, 
centre-backs, I think he would be okay as a backup option moving for one season. So Especially. I think if we don't sign, if we don't sign a backup left back, but we keep Klasenak, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Um, but it it also depends on his attitude. You know, there is something to be said about the fact that as soon as you got certain people out of the door, things drastically improved. Yeah. Also, I think it will massively change if we don't if we don't rely so much on Kieran Tierney, if he's out for a couple of weeks or something, if we bring in Kolasinac and have the same fullbacks on the right-hand side, it will feel awful. But if we have someone on that right-hand side who can kind of pick up that creative slack, yeah. I think that would be a big thing. Or even someone across the across the front line who can pick up that creative yeah. slack. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and we, we'll have to adapt to the play. But yeah, right-back feels like a big position this summer. I think it's something yeah, we, we need, need to, sell, to get done. We need to sell two right backs and bring in one basically we need to sell Bellerin and either Suarez or Maitland-Niles and bring in one absolutely yeah also, and Chambers as well is, is in there you know we, we could we could oh, start I, yeah to be fair with me I would we could start the season with Chambers but for me I'd probably sell Bellerin Suarez and Maitland-Niles and have Chambers and someone else at right back that would be ideal for me as well but I think what's interesting is we could start next season with four right backs none of whom we want to be the, no. the the guy going forward, but Chambers isn't. I don't think Chambers is 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 a question of we don't really want him moving forward. You would always want to upgrade to get to that next level. Do I think he's like an elite right back? No. Is he passable for next season? Yes. Yeah. But would we massively improve if we say got a Chelikin or an Emerson Royal from Betis? Absolutely. Of course yeah. we would. I don't think we're getting Royale. I think he's gone back to Barca. Um, other yeah, names. But I think that's. I think that's to sell him. I think they're trying to. They brought him back to sell him. Maybe Barca do that a lot. They had. They had a sell-on clause for, for, or like a buyback clause for six million euros or something for. Mm-hmm. God, I can't. Was it Dennis Suarez? Oh, and then they've sold him on or something <laughs> stupid. Right? Yeah. Um. I think. Yeah. Right back. I. I is it an Aaron's? I don't know, but no, no, I don't want Aaron's. I've looked like if you look at his FB ref, he does not profile well, and that's in the yeah, that's in the championship as well. Thing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? If you're if if apparently Lille are willing to accept fifteen million euros or pounds for Chelik, and you're talking about thirty to thirty five for Aaron's, that is pure English tax. Because mm. if you compare them side by side, you know League One and the Championship, Liga is is a harder league than the championship. You have to look at that and go, even in a harder league, Chelik is profiling much, much better. What if he was called Maxence Aronet? It'd probably be worth like two million quid in a packet of crisps. <laughs> what, Renaissance hands? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, th- I think right back is really high on my list. I don't have anyone yeah. that I that I'm absolutely pining for. Um, I think it's 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 a difficult one. I think right back is one of those positions where if we get the right guy in, we're going to feel such a difference. We're going to feel such mm-hmm. a difference in our build up, in the way we look, in the way we attack, and we need someone who's. I think some. What I do want is someone who is as punchy. And I'm not using the words attacking. I'm saying punchy, as dynamic as Kieran Tierney. They they can be they can be a, a you know a defensive fullback. They can be someone who's you know a really good one on one defender. You know never going to be beaten on their inside or, or outside. But I just want I want punch and I want character. And I think 
having someone like Bellerin, who is a bit mild, who is a bit because sometimes let games go by. I think if we if we feel that push down that right hand side, it, it could it could transform the team. I think what happens at the moment is because we are especially when we don't have Tierney, we kind of feel a bit flaccid in that in that final third. Mm. I think having those two options on the on the outside in a not quite a Trent and Robertson way because Robertson kind of goes a bit further forward, Trent sits in that sort of quarterback role. I think, you know, two Luca Deans either side could push a team up so much further, and especially if we're going to play two sort of solid CMs, I think it could really work um, for this team. And I think, yeah, I, I just hope we, we get the right thing. Absolutely. Uh, I hope we get the right deal. Chelix looks, looks good. I, looks I, fine. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not saying Chelik is the right option. I was just saying when I was looking at right backs, I compared Chelik because he was linked at the time to Aaron's, and yeah. Aaron's just profiles so so poorly. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving forward, central midfield, I think is our this most is important. Vital. vital. I think I would put it at number one. I'll put it yeah. at number one, especially with Jacques leaving. Um, I think it's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I think for me, so there's been a lot of chat about Ruben, Ruben Neves. Uh, I've seen a lot of people turn their nose up, which I understand. But I think if we were having this conversation in 2019 or 2020, I think a lot of people would have a very different view. He's coming off the back of a difficult season. But remember, this is a guy who was captain Porto at 19 in the Champions League. This is a guy who has, look at his stats, defensively, he 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 ranks really high. On, and we're using FB ref stats basically here. But, you know, in the 90 and above percentile for a lot of really important stuff. His main thing is his range of passing. And if you think about that Arsenal team, think about the lack of range of passing we have. Think about the lack from midfield. We have party who can press forward physically, but we need someone who can progress a ball from deep and someone like Neves. And what I think we need to have is basically three, potentially four central midfielders. If we had party, Neves, Bissouma, and then let's say... Aziz slash El Nenny is the kind of fourth option. That's really yeah. good because no, genuinely, and I think this is something we need to remember as as fans. Name me a top, top, top side, potentially apart from Chelsea because they do like Jorginho and Conte, but they do switch out in other places. Who have a midfield partnership that is just set that never changes? It doesn't really happen. Rodri, Fernandinho, De Bruyne, Gundogan, like, and, and and you know. I know those that, that that system doesn't quite make that sense, but starting central midfielders, it's yeah. different options. You, you know, you have Absolutely. Matic, McTominay, uh, Fred, Pogba, Van der Beek. They're, they're, they're a group of midfielders who who work for different things. And I think taking that engine out and replacing it when you need a V8, when you need a V1, when you need a 800cc, whatever you need, I think is important. And I think someone like Neves is similar to Xhaka, Younger, a leader, someone who can come in, someone who can bring goals from midfield, someone who takes it's shots. It's a replacement. I like it's, him. It's, I really it's like pretty him. much a replacement. And I think that that's fine. It, it's about the... For me, I have no real issues with the Neves transfer in the sense that like, because of AFCON in January or February, I can't remember which month it is, we have to replace Xhaka to be so we have a, a European, a non-African central midfielder, because if we when when you think El Neni will go, um, Party will go, and if we sign Basuma, Basuma will go, and Pepe, and so Anand then you're left with, as well. yeah, but then you're left with what Charlie Patino and Aziz, yeah, 
if we don't sign someone and we let Xhaka go. So I think it's fine to replace Xhaka. My only issue is the price. Uh, I look at it and I go, £40 million is a lot of money. And for somebody who hasn't particularly set the world on fire, he's got a... He's not particularly mobile as well. Like he, him and Jacka seem to have the same issues. Um, but I, I listen. I like everything that you're saying about the player, and I I must kind of say that I have not watched enough of him to give my own kind of valued opinion to be like, yes, I love him. Yes, I hate him. Brad, that's not how this the works. Stats, you, you must give the an stats immediate look opinion. Okay, and I don't mind replacing Granite Jacka with him but not for £40 million. And what the Neves links seem to be from a lot of what I've seen and heard from people is Neves' agent pushing for the move and Wolves pushing for the move more than Arsenal pushing for the move. Well, if George Mendes can help us out, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> of course, but I think it, it is dependent on price. If it's at £40 million, no. I wouldn't pay more than £25 million for him, maybe 30 because... At 40, you want somebody who's going to be starting every game or like is going to be... I know we say that a midfield two is rarely set, but say, for example, we got Basuma. If you're getting the option to sign Basuma for 30 or Neves for 40, you sign Basuma for 30 and then you go pick up someone else like a maybe a Coop Miners in, um, from Alkmaar. Look if you can pick girl. him up for 15 to, to for £20 million... Pounds, um, maybe, you know, there's talk of uh, James Ward-Prowse moving from Southampton this summer. You pick him up to boost the homegrown contingents. Set um, pieces maybe, as well. Yep, set pieces as well. Maybe Sandro Tonali, whose loan's going to finish. Uh, maybe Kielis Melu. Laconga from... Belgian Andalect, I see. Andalect, I think. Yeah. You know, there's there's lots. But again, I think that would, again, coincide with AFCON. We have Chuamani's stats are incredible. There's lots, there's lots of options. We The one thing is, is we definitely need to sign a European central midfielder who plays like a Xhaka or plays like a party for when AFCON happens. Because the, I, for me, the likelihood of what will happen is that we'll change formation and system for AFCON and we'll play uh, probably more of... Um, a f- we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we will play a double pivot. We will play two central midfielders rather than a three. Um, and we'll probably move to something else. But it, it, it is just dependent on price for me. I don't mind it. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. excite me. Yeah. But it, it's all about the price. If we're, if it's £40 million, they can piss off. I understand that. Because there's much, be- there's much better deals to be had across across Liga. You know, apparently Renato Sanchez is available for something like 16 to £25 million. And you look at Maxence, that and you go, okay, Portuguese, you're in. Yeah. He's, he's a star. The, uh, the... Lise Malou from, from Nice who profiles very similarly to Ruben Neves. There's there's, yeah. there's a lot of shopping to be done in, in certain places yeah. that can be done at cheaper prices. I think we can be smarter with £40 million. I think Ruben Neves... Yes. I, th- I think he's a, he's a good player. I, 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 don't, I don't hate the deal, but I agree. It does depend on pricing. And if we're selling Xhaka for what sounds about €20 million, Euros, I think it's not... Apparently it's it's tw- it's not I, I think it's twenty million pounds rising to well, twenty five, yeah. around that ish, around around there. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be like enough. a two. The, like, listen, the pound is so low; it's pretty much going to be equivalent nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not enough Thanks, of an Brexit. upgrade to me. <laughs> That's all right. It uh, just makes no I've sense. Brexit, you're not. You're burning. You're you're burning money basically. 
Like, it, yep. it, it, it yep. is pointless. Yep. Uh, okay, let's move forward to attacking midfielder. Uh, we didn't get Buendia, which means basically I think we should just end football there. Um, yep. That, that Bye, seems, guys. That seems to be it. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to <laughs> different podcast. Uh, didn't get Buendia. Uh, supposedly our first choice is is Erdegaard. Um, I, th- I I will repeat what I said. If we can do a deal for Erdegaard between, let's say, 40 and 50 million pounds, I promise you now, in two to three years, that will look like an absolute bargain. This kid has everything. He has everything. And I know at the moment as well, you know, he's not had the best season but stick him in a leadership role, stick him in a team that's now losing its leaders in, in Xhaka and, and Erdegaard, uh, uh, Xhaka and Erdegaard, Xhaka and Louise, Erdegaard will step up and potentially, I think, explode next season or over the next couple of seasons. I think give him someone who he can feed, um, potentially some runners in behind, a bit more aggression and energy around him with another midfielder. I think he can absolutely excel. I, I, I would love Erdegaard. I, I don't, have many other options that I can really stake a claim to. Awa, Awa, Awa would be he's decent. more he's more of an eight to me. It, again, it kind of depends. I always see Odegaard as, uh, sorry, as in a, a left sided eight, which I always pick out for um, Smith Rowe. It depends on what we're going to play. I mean, Joe Willock. Listen, like there's there's an argument to, to, to Joe Willock needs to be sold. Joe Willock needs to be sold. There is sure. Well, but I, I think I think I don't know if it was. Um, Yankee Gunner or Clive put it perfectly on the um, Arsenal Vision podcast where he basically said, do we allow seven games of Joe Willock's, you know, Joe, do we allow Joe Willock's last seven games to shape his future or do we allow the 61 games that he's played for Arsenal Football Club to show us that he doesn't fit into our system? Sure. And but he scored, it- he's scored eight goals off of an XG of 3.45. No one runs that hot forever. This is the hottest he will ever be. And whilst I understand there's going to be an issue when it comes to central midfielders at the club, I would much rather sell him for £35 million or £30 million to Newcastle and buy some other some other really young talents in in that central midfield role. Because it, like we have been so bad at selling recently. This is the perfect time to get rid. I agree with that. I completely agree. And I would sell him as well. However, I do think there's an argument to be said and something to to talk about in terms of depending on what formation we're playing whether we're playing a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 with a sort of holding midfielder depends what kind of midfielders we sign if we sign an Alwa do we play a sort of four party sitting with Alwa in a sort of left-sided 6-8 with He's a, more of a t- I don't know where I don't know why you think he's more of a 6-8 I'm looking I've, at I, him I've I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of him and and a lot of what I see, I'm looking is him at his picking stats up that ball. Is him picking up the ball? It. Yeah, he's carrying it, it from that left hand channel, and and that's if you that, look that at, will be his. If an you eight. look at who he profiles, no, no, but if you look at who he profiles, like six of the top ten pro- people that he profiles close to as central attacking midfielders, or pretty much players that have played exclusively on the wing. You're talking about Lorenzo Pellegrini, Rodrigo De Paul, Bernardo Silva, Mason Mount, Kevin De Bruyne, sure, David but Silva, like our, all of, and. I think I know I that they're obviously adaptable. going to be different styles of players, but I think him in the ten role would not be the worst idea because he could drop in, pick up the ball, drive that left channel. 
Yeah, Awa's touchline, man. He loves the touchline. If you watch him for France under-21s, I watched their game where they had Canate and Upamecano against the Dutch under-21s. He was just hugging the touchline. I mean, that, that's and again, I think I've seen him inside. I've seen him at ten. I've seen him left wing. I've seen him left mid. Like I think he can play a lot of different positions. What I'm yeah. trying to say is, if we're putting together a team, let's say our midfield is a, a sort of a six and two eights with with Party and and Al, and Alwa because Alwa can drop. I think think that negates the need for an Erdegaard. I think you have a Willock who's a bit more of an advanced eight on the other side. I think basically what I'm trying to say is let's have a let's have a look at it because like I think the I think we should sell Willock now, but mm. the cam position is heavily I think the most dependent on what happens in the midfield. Who do we sign? Are we signing a partner for a pivot with part with party partner for a pivot with party? Are we signing? party's pivot partner or are we signing someone who's going to sit to the front and left of, of party are we signing someone who's going to sit to the front like the, the thing is i'm not providing an answer here i'm just asking loads of questions and i'm saying like it, i think it all depends yeah. on what we do in that role next to party is it a four two is it a four three i don't know for me i think from and i think this is also just my personal taste from the little i've seen of alwar and the way he plays and also the people that he profiles like i would prefer alwar at this kind of quoted maximum 30 million euro price than erdegaard at 40 million i i I really would um and i think that also comes from the fact that we have a lot of business to do this summer and getting somebody in who for me is just as good and probably has just as high a ceiling as Erdegaard. You know, when you look at Hussein Maurer on FB ref, and obviously this is not a true rep, stats are never a 100% true representation of a player. Jeannie Wijnaldum has piss poor stats compared to how important a player he can be. But when you look at him and you see that when you can similar players to him over the last 365 days, Riyad Mahrez, Phil Foden, Neymar, Messi, yeah. Gnabry, you know, Papu Gomez, Sterling, who's like, there are a lot of fantastic players in that list. And then even playing as a midfielder. Um, I th- I think like you say, it, it would massively depend on how we're going to work because, you know, depending on if we're having some, like, um, it depends who we where we play Saka if he's playing on the right and then if we're playing maybe Pepe on the left mm. Alwar might be a great option because in attacking phases you could drop to almost a 4-2-4 four, four, and have kind of that double double pivot you have Saka out on the right Alwar pushing out to the left mm-hmm. Pepe pushing from the left into the centre yep, 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 and yep, him yep, in the yep, centre yep. with Alba I don't think that would be the worst option um, but I think that's also just my preference and I like I like what he looks like he could offer us but it all of these deals are so dependent on the other deals yeah, that we do 100%, 100%. it's 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 a our Arsenal's transfer business this summer is a massive domino effect as soon yep. as that first transfer clicks we know how every other transfer will click I think you're right and I think the further forward we look the more we know and even it, it, I think if we sign a right-sided centre, if, if we sign a, a right-back, right, I, I think goalkeeper is probably the only one that, that would, wouldn't would give us many clues. But even if we sign no. a right-back, 
we go, ah, okay, so you push a bit further forward. So we probably want someone who's going to sit alongside party and be a bit more of a DM, in which case, therefore, we're going to... I think, you know, we can sit here and play football manager all we like. I, I just think we need numbers in those in those positions. And just to kind of finish yeah. off, what do we oh, need, God, yeah. right? I think the only places we don't need numbers, um, we probably do need quality, but we don't necessarily need numbers are, are, are on the wings, essentially. I mean, we've got, you know... Saka, Pepe, Nelson, we do unfortunately have Willian, um, you know, and, uh, and a lot of other options that can sort of play out there, you know, Martinelli and and and, um, and Alba and all that sort of stuff. I think the the big the big ones that we need for me are I think we'd need either one or two central midfielders, certainly two if we're gonna, if we if we're getting rid of Jacker. I think we probably need a right back. I think we need a backup left back. I think we need to look at what's going on with the goalkeeper situation. If a, if an offer comes in for an Alba or a Lacazette, I think we need to look at how we handle that situation because it depends where Martinelli is going to play. Do we see Balogun getting minutes next season? It's fascinating. But um, yeah, I th- listen, it's, it's so interesting to debate this. And I think something that I, I always think, well, not always think, I, I think now having got to the end of this discussion, it's like, so much is dependent and not not just dependent on what happens in the market what ha- dependent on what we're trying to do and i think you're yeah. right like that first the first couple of signings will really show us who we are and really show unless us where we're it's the to go. goal i think the goalkeeper like you say is the only one that doesn't but as soon as we sign a certain profile of right back it will click into place you you will see exactly mm. where we're moving and where we want to go yep. Um, I think as well that there's an interesting conversation to be had about striker. Um, I would sell both Lacazette and Inketia. We obviously know that Balogun's moving up. The one thing that if Gabon hadn't qualified for AFCON, I would say sell Lacazette, say Inketia, and just move forward with Alba and Balogun yep. for the whole season. Because it's 38 games and if he gets injured and we have to play then Balogun and Martinelli at striker. Uh, we can focus on trying to get, getting goals out of Pepe. Um, but the, the fact that Gabon have kind of, unfortunately, almost for us, qualified for AFCON for, um, for the comp, I would probably look to just loan in another striker if possible, if that's a deal that could get done. Because we obviously know that neither Laka, Alba or Enketia are going to be the mould that we want moving forward. So I would still try while we can get a little bit of value out of Lacazette and Enketia to get them gone. Uh, and keep Alba, keep Balogun and then bring in a loanee. Just literally for that fucking one yeah. month. Well, we also, I think that all, it, it also depends on fixtures as well. And this is the thing, like so much is dependent, so much is dependent. But I think... The area of the pitch that I think we need to target first and the, the area that's going to tell us about ourselves is that central midfield. And that includes attacking midfield, defensive midfield. It's yeah, it's who that do triangle. we get in? It's that triangle. It's the triangle. It's that, in whatever it's that, formation it's that it triangle. is. Yep, 100%. Yep. In, in whatever it is, it's, the, it's either the triangle in the 4-3-3 or the triangle in the 4-2-3-1. It like, it's as soon as... For example, if we miss out on Erdegaard and then get our we will change, like, the profile of who we sign in central midfield will change. For me, I think we should sign Basuma and a Neves type or a passing mm. type anyway um, because it just gives you options to change up style, yeah. you know? 100%. But it's, 
it's yeah, it's going to be a massive domino effect. As soon as one deal gets done for Arsenal, a lot will get done. All of our deals will happen within the space of three weeks. I'm I'm so confident Ooh. of that. Interesting. Because because we'll know where we're moving. Because say for example, we get a ridiculously attacking right back. We get Hakimi, who's basically a right winger. We're gonna need Basuma. Yeah. Like it's like we're going to need a defensive midfielder. Okay. So it's it's gonna be a very, very interesting summer. Okay, very quickly. Minimum expectations. What is the absolute minimum you would accept from this summer? Um four first team option signings. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He expects a lot. Because if you if if you just look at the positions that we need to fill, right back, central midfield, attacking midfield, and then replacing Xhaka. And and this doesn't include goalkeeper because goalkeeper is such a weird situation. We don't know what's going on. And I think the fourth, the fourth is the Jacker replacement. So it's three new, because it's three new first team quality signings and then a Jacker replacement to fill the books. Um, I don't think that's a lot because also I'm not saying we have to spend 50 million pounds on each of these players. Mm-hmm. For example, if... And again, I'm playing football manager because, and I'm, I'm this is so unreliable because all this is, is is Twitter dons tweeting out prices. If we signed Chelik for fifteen million pounds, Basuma for thirty million pounds, Alwa for thirty million pounds, and then let's say we don't get Neves for forty, let's say we get, um, I don't know, fucking, oh god, who's a central midfielder that plays football? Um, <laughs> Let's say Charlie Adams looking about, Let's say let's say we get Coop Miners from AZ Alkmaar for fifteen million euros pounds. I'd be happy with that summer, even though we've 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 realistically spent a hundred, maybe a hundred and fifteen million pounds. I've not done the quick maths in my head there. Um, you, I'm not talking about price. I'm just talking about qualities and getting the bodies in. So it's three new like adding to the squad first team signings and a jacker replacement. What about you? Mm. Uh... And this isn't including goalkeeper because goalkeeper, like I said, is just some weird situation where this seems to have kind of come out of thin air. I would say my absolute bare minimum before I go, okay, I accept that as a summer is a bit lower than yours. I'm going to go two absolute first teamers two absolute first teamers with the with the backup left back situation sorted and with the backup goalkeeper situation sorted or or both situations sorted does that include a Xhaka replacement or a Xhaka replacement as well I think I think you'd need a I think you'd need a Xhaka replacement yeah I don't think you can I think that has to be part of it because because you've got. So a... we're not that we're not far we're not far off each other. So I'm saying three no, new ones like, and a Jacker th- replacement, and you're saying two new ones and a Jacker replacement. Basically, so it's not ridiculously far. No, basically, and what I'm trying what I'm saying really is, you know, if we had to get through another season with Chambers at right back, yeah, I could sort of live with it. If we had to get through another season with 
if we got through a season with Saliba and, and Gabriel, I think that'd be fine. If we got through another season with Leno, I think that would be okay. My dream is obviously fix every position, fix, fix goalkeeper, fix centre-back, fix right-back, fix CDM, fix CM, fix Cam, fix all of them. But um, yeah, I think absolute, at bare, bare, bare minimum, I think that's that's what we've got to be aiming for. Uh, Brad, enough, just before man. we close out this part of the show, I'd like to ask you your favourite transfer saga. What was the transfer saga that kept you up at night? Oh, I I have a bit of a niche one. Um, Listen, if you do have one, tweet us in because I'd love to know. Go on. uh, So the main one that I that I followed quite a lot um, was uh, was Higuain. Oh man! But my more niche one was Balotelli before he went to Liverpool. I, it was it was the first time I'd, I'd not been on Twitter long. I don't think Higuain it was the first done. time I'd made a foray into like blimey. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time I'd made like a a, a, for, a a foray into like ITKs and like all this shit. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk at the time. I remember for some reason of Balotelli to Arsenal, and we needed a striker at the time. We were crying out for one, and I got so excited about it. I was like, "Cool, this is going to be amazing." Um, I lo- I loved his antics. Um, I was like, this is going to be brilliant. You know, it was apparently going to be done. Like the deal was done. It was 20 million pounds and then nothing ever happened of it. And he went, he ended up going to Liverpool and being shit. So I was like, oh, cool. We got away with it there. But like, that was the, <laughs> that was the main one for me that I was like, I was waiting. I was itching. I, I yeah. thought it was coming and then it never came yeah. and he signed for Liverpool. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. a bit strange. Yeah. 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 I, um, I have two. So, well, no, I actually have three, which isn't fair. But Ooh. I, so the first one was the Alexis Sanchez deal, which I remember tracking on my phone just all summer. I think my mum was like, get off your phone. I was like, I'm just trying to see if we signed Alexis Sanchez yet. Because it was going on for so long. And yeah. it was willy won't he, willy won't he, and he, and he did. And I mean, thank fuck. Um, the other one was the Benzema deal, which was just, oh, was, I was convinced I, I I genuinely I think I remember going on the Arsenal website and checking whether we had a Benzema nine shirt yet. Pretty much every day. And then my final one was I must have been fifteen, fourteen, and I remember I was writing for some kind of Arsenal publication. I can't remember what it was. I, I really don't remember. And I'd love to I'd love to remember maybe like Arsenal News Twenty Four or something like that. Um, and I remember the Higuain thing was happening. I remember writing an article and submitting it and with no information saying that Higuain has signed for Arsenal and he's actually at, he's at Heathrow as we speak. I remember writing it and the guy replied to me, was like, this isn't true. Why are you writing it? (laughs) And basically, I guess I was just trying to wish it into existence, but it just isn't true. And what's funny is people now do that on in real life currently and maybe they're 14 as well but i imagine most of them are 30 to 40 year old men but yeah listen i i absolutely loved it uh right uh i think that's all for this section brad so we'll see you yeah after this news and views welcome back to news and views to news and views where we give you all the news and all your views but mostly ours just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts you can support us on patreon and buy me a coffee links are in the show description brad 
Alex, if you could sign one England player to play for Arsenal, who would it be? Um, one, let, wait, let me know. One England player from this Euro squad. I mean, I, I don't know. One why. England player from this Euro squad. I don't squad. know why you'd pick um, Jesse Lingard, but yeah. Um, trying to think about areas that we need players in. Yeah, this is the thing. Because, um, like, obviously, you'd love Arsenal Harry fan Kane, Harry Harold. But, like, but, yeah, but it's. Well, it, I mean, to be pointless. fair. It wouldn't fix any of the issues. It wouldn't. I think it would, mate. Twenty five goals a no, season. But, you wouldn't mind. I know, you? but it would. But again, like we have a striker who should have scored, like who scored twenty two goals in a season the season before. Like, I think it's more that there are. Uh, Reese James. I do oh, love Reese James. I think he's. I think shout. he is brilliant. That uh, is a or huge Phil shout. Foden. He's another yeah. one who, if we could get Phil Foden in the ten, that would be sensational. Yeah. Um, other yeah. than that, um, there's not really anyone else. Obviously, Harold or Dominic Calvert-Lewin. They're my three. If it'd be one of them, but probably mm. if we're going off of the squad as in to improve us next season, I'd probably go Reese James. Because I think the thing with Foden is he's, he's very much like Smith Rowe, and they like to occupy the the wing space mm. when they're playing at ten. And yep. like Foden yep, yep, spent yep, yep, most yep. of this season on the wing. So I'd probably go Reese James. I think he's sensational. Reese James is a really good shout. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to pinch that, but I'm going to go Trent. Yeah. <laughs> Trent's not in I the know, squad anymore, babes. I, I know, darling, but you know. You got, he, no, he's out. He's out. He's out. You got, oh, you, can ben I make White's, the rules? Ben White's in there I'll make the rules, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go Trent. I mean, he's just, he's sensational. And I think if we had Trent and Tierney, I mean, firstly, that's an iconic that's an iconic duo. But if we had Trent and Tierney and a proper DM who could cover for them, that would be so nice. That would be yeah, so man. nice. Or, uh, do you know, Rogue, Declan Rice. I think Declan yeah. Rice would be really good for us. Good footballer. Um, really good footballer. Good baller. Or Mason Mount. I think, I love Mason Mount. I think he's brilliant. Is that sacrilege? No, he's a good footballer. I pick, that, I pick Reece Reece James. He's like a Chelsea fan. He was a Chelsea player for Christ's sake. Like, yeah, Reece James is such a good chat. He was so good in the Champions League final. Oh my uh, god, unbelievable! Okay, because Pep is Pep is a bald fraud who in the first season it can't was win any. Fraudiola. It was Fraudiola. We've had a question in Brad from Ali, who is at Ali Craig Bell, one of the OGs, okay. going for Buendia. Yet reports still claiming Erdegaard is the cam priority. What makes you more unsettled? The fact we're potentially on option three for our cam list or the perception that the board look like they're panicking before the window is open? Probably the fact that the perception that is that we're panicking before the window is open. I don't think that settles my nerves. Um, I think it's really, really difficult, isn't it? Because Buendia is such a fantastic option and could could play central midfield for me. He's probably one of the most like um, most. He's he's so much like Santi Cazorla in so many ways. You know, when we signed Santi Cazorla, he was playing on the kind of the 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 wings of midfield or at the ten spot as well as in central midfield. That's the and new podcast like, name: the wings yeah, of midfield. That's wings so of nice. midfield. Um, yeah, I think I wouldn't have been surprised if we signed Buendia 
and then got Erdegaard in on loan again for the season, if that was an option. Um, but I think it is, I think one thing that I've learned about the Buendia deal is it, it just speaks of priorities. Buendia was Villa's first priority, so they were willing to stump up whatever they had to stump up to get him. Whereas it looks like he wasn't Arsenal's priority, so Arsenal weren't going to be bent over a barrel for him. Which, while I, I yep. would have loved him, I also would love Arsenal to be smarter and pick up players like Buendia for the one and a half million pounds it cost Norwich to get him in from Getafe, um, rather than having Lovely. to stump up thirty million pounds for him. So, yeah, I think that there. We, I think there's just been a lot of initial panic, and I'm very much guilty of that. But I think that a lot of that, again, like I, I, I said at the kind of the preface of this conversation at the beginning of the other podcast, comes from the fact that we are so used to Arsenal being such fucking nonces in the transfer market. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> and oh, like, that's all you can call them. Sign a fucking petter check in one season and we could have won the league. Like, absolute dickheads. What pedophiles. Um, but you can tell you can tell I'm still salty about that. No, um, no you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it yeah it's it's a worrying look that we're panicking on already but if we're still in talks for Erdegaard we're still on our first choice so yeah. we'll see yeah I th- I I just get the sense and the, uh, the bell has tweeted about our that apparently I think yeah that he's not necessarily our first choice but we might go back from I yeah I just I just feel as though I think I said at the beginning of the podcast if we wanted Buendia I think we would have got him yeah, because um, I, I mean, if we wanted him enough. Yeah, and it sounds as though we wanted him, and there was some talks and something was going on. There was a bid of like thirty interest, million quid, essentially a bid. But also, you know, if, if you if you uh, there was a really good podcast, um, the recent Askcast, James Mint Nicholas talks about how this all works basically, and so much of it's just WhatsApp. Like it's just like we're interested, and you know. We, we might potentially be putting together a bid would that be acceptable kind of thing it's like well what's a bid then because there's a bid you know how many times do a club write up an official document and send it over actually not that yeah. many times so was there a bid was that wasn't there a bid i don't know i think certainly interest um but yeah so i think i'm pretty sure there was a bid as well Maybe, but. maybe so, but but again, we're, we're back to you know what what information do you have? I think the point being mm. though that I think if we if we really wanted Buendia, we could have had him. But, but I think actually what do. what the question really pings out to me is around the perception, and I wish Arsenal were a club that could you go out. S- yeah, and but you do see that. this, you see this with, and I think that that's the perception is the really important thing to tag on. Because you see this with any article written about Arsenal, Arsenal players, and Arsenal. Oh, they've targets. lost out to. Yeah. It, it's always Arsenal lose out to or Arsenal... Like, there was an article from, like, Ghana Football News that Thomas Partey had been expelled or kicked out of the Ghana training camp when actually he'd been given permission to leave for personal reasons and, and shit like this. Yeah. So there's a lot of that chat that goes... And it's because Arsenal fans are gullible and we eat it up and we react to we'll it. We'll click it. Those, clickbait, <laughs> they, yeah. they, those clickbaity articles give us what we want we sometimes Arsenal fans love to react to shit like this and we love to explode about it I'm guilty of that um no you're not (laughs) but I think yeah if we wanted like there's no I'm sorry Aston Villa obviously have got a bit of a history they won a European Cup back in the fucking 60s or whenever but 
last season they were a point off relegation and the only reason they didn't get relegated was because no one turned on the goal line technology machine. Let's remember that. <laughs> last season, everyone was chatting about them like they were going to make top four and like we were going to get relegated and they finished three places below us in 11th, I think, or 10th. Like, we, were, we were in eighth. Arsenal, the mighty Arsenal. Yeah. No, but, we, but yeah. But as in, yeah. When, you, when you think about it like that, Arsenal have had the worst season of their lives and we're in eighth and Villa were having an amazing season the same way Spurs were having an amazing season. Spurs have finished one point above us and they finished behind us. Like, yeah. No, 100%. I, I just... I just get the sense there's a there's a higher plan here. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's me being delusional. Maybe that's just the old hope that kills you. But anyway, um, right, Brad, we've just got time for Arsenal trivia. Arsenal trivia. Uh, so if you may not remember, but ages ago, before we had our break, we I asked you, what is the backstory for Gunnosaurus? I ain't got a clue, mate. The club mascot is Gunnosaurus Rex, a smiling seven-foot-tall green dinosaur who first appeared at a home match. He is based on a drawing by then 11-year-old Peter Lovell, whose design and another similar idea won a junior gunner's contest. His official backstory is that he hatched from an egg found during renovations at Highbury. There you go, Brad. That's cute. That's, That's cute. 20 seconds. Right, what's the question back? for next week? <laughs> What's the question for next week, mate? Come on. Uh, Come on. Name two other members of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's family. Name two other members of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's family. (laughs) I can't fucking tell you. All right, Brad. Um, Just before we go, I should say we, we have... Loads of stuff planned over the summer. Obviously, yeah. you know, there's no football for ages, so we'll be doing stuff. Uh, we've got Euros content. We've got uh, Troll. We'll have transfer specials. Whenever we sign a player, we're going to do a deep dive into them uh, and do a proper kind of analysis of the player, how they might fit in at Arsenal. Uh, we're going to do get some special guests on. Brad's going to mm-hmm. sing for us, I think, at some point. It's, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. It's going to be sensational. What are you going to sing? I'm going to sing the Arsenal theme tune. Which is? Uh, I don't fucking know the Travis Scott song that they play every week when they walk out also just before we go we should say um, a really sad day the other day um, and the world lost uh, an icon a true icon from football Nicholas Bentner retired um, R.I.P. Lord Bentner R.I.P. Lord Bentner he obviously was the world's greatest striker to ever exist ever Um and yeah, it's really sad that we'll never get to see him bang, <coughs> bang goals. <Dang>. <laughs> That's more funny than this bit, Brad. So I'm going to move on. Um, um, anyway, uh, pleasure as always. Oh, pleasure was mine, my friend. Absolute pleasure. We'll be back fairly soon. When are we? When are we next recording? At some point this week, uh, we'll be back, yeah, we'll back with out. some Euros content uh, for you. But until then, yeah. hope you enjoyed this. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Uh, keep it diff knock. And we'll see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks.
Social Podcast Network.